0: Episode 163 of the No Clue Podcast. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Tyler. I'm Mike. We're back. Hope everyone had a good Christmas. Good holiday. Um Christmas Day games. Let's get right to it,
1: man. NBA. Where where do you want to start?
0: Uh there's a lot of places because we could just go in order if you want.
1: Okay. Did you watch the first game? <laughs> Yeah, I watched the first game, yeah. <laughs> All right, you're the expert because I didn't I really didn't see any of the first game.
0: <laughs> it wasn't much to see without Trey there, of course. Um the Trey, I won't even say Hawks Knicks rivalry. I'll just say the Trey Young versus the Knicks rivalry has um you know been famous as of late, you know, last two years, yeah. obviously. Um but COVID has really destroyed the Hawks bench starters, you know, other than trade, the starters are pretty much intact. Still got Bogdanovich, Capella Collins, still got reddish there. Um, but Delon Wright started in place of uh Trey young. And um, he looks great. Delon Wright looks great, man. Um, <laughs> Other than that, the Hawks looked really bad. Other than Delon Wright, everyone else looked bad on there. And the Knicks were just destroying him, man. we we had a long uh talk about the benching of Kimba. And right after that, right after that podcast, basically he comes out and gets 40. And um uh, then he had a triple double on Christmas. And he looked great. Yeah, against the, team, the Wizards, by the way. The 40? Yeah. Yeah. Y'all still won, right? Yeah.
1: Haven't been winning too many many games lately.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, the Knicks, uh, they looked really happy to have him out there. Our chemistry looked top tier that day. Julius Randle seems like his shot distribution has, I don't know, like overnight gotten way better. Um, He was nine for 15. He was hot from three, so I'm not mad at him taking nine threes. He was six for nine. I think he hit, like, his first three, uh, 12, but he still had 12 rebounds, and that's what we really need from him, even though Kimba is, like, the second leading rebounder on the team at this point, but I don't think we were missing – I don't think the Knicks were missing anybody (coughs) except for Rose. And um, that's it, man. It wasn't one too exciting of a game. Kimba looked great. At for the fourth quarter, they basically were just trying to get Kimba his last rebound. Like Oh,
1: okay.
0: Yeah, they were beating the Hawks so easily. They weren't even really focused on like the rest of the game. It was just people were trying to box out and get Kimba the rebound. And he got now, it. So
1: I didn't I didn't see did he get put in the lineup because of like injuries or just because it was uh, the obvious decision to make? Uh it it was
0: because of COVID. Yeah. Okay. It was because of the COVID protocols. Rose got hurt and then um I believe uh quickly went out with COVID. And we didn't have quickly on Christmas, by the way. That's right. I, th- I think he went out with COVID, and I think um they signed someone that like immediately like Daniel House. They oh, the
1: shooter, him. the Grimes, Quentin Grimes. He was out too. No, I think he played, but I'm just saying he's been a new guy who's played well for y'all.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We drafted him. We just haven't been putting him in the game. He's been there. <laughs> just don't know why he hasn't been playing. He shot yeah. amazing on Christmas. Um, and We picked up House, and then House went out with COVID, too, like right away, I think. So um, Kimba had to come in. And he came in, and he's doing great. And I think he's solidified – himself for the rest of the season.
2: So.
1: Yeah. Thibodeau looks good. Uh, considering how it played out.
0: <laughs> He'd be really savage. If he puts him right back on the bench when everyone comes back.
1: Yeah. That'd be crazy. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yep. So that, that was that game. Good game. Uh, fun to watch, but not that great. Second game. Now the game. Uh, prob- Probably because of the COVID, this is probably the most anticipated game, I would
1: say. Yeah, you say? Tatum and Brown played. Yeah. Giannis played. Uh, yeah. Holiday played. Middleton played. Biggest matchup of the day.
0: So,
2: <laughs> and
1: both teams lived exact up to the exact hype we've been saying about them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have anything to say about Milwaukee because they're uh-huh. playing better now that they're getting healthy, which is, you know, I think what a lot of people thought they would do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a good time to be healthy right now.
0: Yeah, it is. And um, so. I think Cousins has, has filled in for Lopez pretty well as far as like a uh, threat yeah Uh, he's knocking down his threes he's getting a lot of rebounds he's bullying guys he's using his fouls that's all they needed from lopez and cousins is doing that perfectly
1: i'm still irritated that mike budenholzer just won't accept that bobby portis is a 35 minute guy (laughs) like he just doesn't he just categorically does not believe in him to be a 35 minute guy i don't get it either man (laughs) he's played (laughs) so well
0: I, I have never, oh my God. I've never looked on the court and said, man, maybe they should take Bobby Portis out. Like, I've never felt that way in my life. I know. <laughs> At least since he's been on the Bucks.
1: Yeah. But besides that, man, I like how they're playing. They're still spreading it around well. Like Giannis is getting inside. He's playing with confidence. He's taking He's shooting free throws better.
0: He's shooting free throws
1: fantastically better. Yeah. I know, and that's... I mean, in the playoffs, that's going to be unstoppable.
0: But why did it take so long? Like, it, he waited till like his eighth year in the league to start hitting free throws? Like, I just don't understand. I
1: don't and know, it man. It just could like have been a, like a mental block kind of thing.
0: It must have been, because it was really just a flip switch, because he went from being trash two years ago to this year being... Almost 70%. Yeah. So,
1: I wonder, I'm curious if he did something over these last like off season or two.
0: He shoots probably as good free throws as like LeBron does now,
1: <laughs> which is, I mean, it's not saying much, but for him it is. Cause he was, much lower yeah, than
0: that. he was at Shaq before. Now he's at least right. at LeBron. Right. So, Yeah. Yeah. I don't have anything to say really about him either. Holiday looked great. Um, I like that, even though I'm not a fan of DiVincenzo, Grayson Allen, or Connaughton, I do like that they provide, like, the same level of threat for them, like, in a positive way for the Bucks. Um. So, like, when they take them out, when they interchange them, they don't really gain anything, and they don't really lose anything. So – yeah, and I, I don't think know if Christmas, that's on purpose or not.
1: But was Christmas Divincenzo's first game? I think it was right.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: and he played so one. It's been a minute. Yeah, he looked pretty good. I mean, he's always been like a streaky shooter, so I don't know how he's going to look as a starter. Yeah, I don't if, think he's going to. ever. Gonna, you think yeah. they're getting him out of the starting lineup?
0: Yeah, I think they're going to keep Grayson. I think.
1: Yeah, he, I mean, it, I mean, he he earned it. To be fair.
0: Yeah, I think it would almost have to be like a real – Grayson would have to have a couple bad games. He'd have to be like a Kimball Walker level kind of bad, and then Devin Chensel would have to be clearly playing better than him for them to ever switch it. Yeah. And Boulger still might because he still won't play Bobby Portis.
1: That's true. He'd (laughs) rather go small than play Bobby Portis starter minutes.
2: Yeah.
1: So uh but like you said it's they're so interchangeable that it doesn't even matter if like a couple of them don't play well. Yeah. Uh, they can fill in for each other.
0: Yep. And Wes Matthews <sighs> came in and hit the biggest shot of the day.
2: I mean,
1: he's good know. he's a good pickup especially with the the way the league is now with COVID.
2: Mm-hmm, he's a
1: yeah. guy he played a long time, he knows how to play, he could he knows how to fit anywhere.
0: And he succeeded with them before. He played well with um, yeah. Freak Freak last time he was on there. So let's get to the um, the other team that played.
2: <sighs> no, you I feel bad start?
1: for them. I feel bad for the Celtics because win, winning and losing, they've been playing much better. Yeah. But every key game they're getting exposed. Is
0: it the whole team getting exposed?
1: (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) And they're one of these teams, they're one of these borderline playoff teams who could look better than anybody at any given time Yeah, and look worse than anybody at any given time. Yeah. And it's bizarre because a lot of other teams that have this problem, like it's hard to figure out the main reason for that problem.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, with Boston, with every game, it's becoming more and more clear.
0: And with Boston, uh, to to your point, they have the most talent out of all those teams. So, like, some of those teams, like, I would say the Hornets may suffer from just not having more talent than some of the really good teams that they play. But you can't say that about the Celtics.
1: I mean Josh Richardson is giving him good minutes.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Peyton Pritchard played great this game. Yep. Obviously Marcus Smart's playing great. Obviously, Brown is great. Robert they- Williams is playing elite. He is playing elite. They got bums coming in and like giving them good minutes.
0: I've every game I've seen Jabari Parker play more than 10 minutes, he's played well. Like, he's he hasn't played bad. Like, I never thought he negatively affects the game for them since he's been a Celtic.
1: I know. And it comes <laughs> back Aminu, to the same by the way. Wow, that's wild. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen him on the court.
0: He just didn't play this game, but they picked him up. But, yeah, go um, ahead.
1: I mean, we talked about it to start the year. We talked about it probably like two, three weeks after that. We talked and about like, it in the fucking playoffs last year. And like two weeks ago. I mean Tatum's shot selection. It was atrocious, man. I, I don't understand. Tatum.
0: <laughs> he had like let me let me pull it up so I know exact. He was two for five two turnovers in the last six minutes of the game, and the two turnovers resulted in two in four points for.
1: Of um, course, they did. The Bucks. That's and they that's, lost the that's game. That's by how the way. Bucks. You don't beat the Bucks if you turn the ball over. No. Ask CP. CP learned that in the finals. Yeah. So. Well, Tatum, like it's just it's getting worse and worse. Why does he always have to play like the team just is just like getting blown out?
0: <laughs> Dude, the whole team had one assist in the fourth quarter.
1: 12 minutes of basketball, and you had one assist. One assist, yeah. In, in assist. a whole quarter. I just and- I don't understand how you don't feel the rhythm of the game.
0: Believe it or not, it was Tatum.
1: <laughs> hey, that one assist encouraged him. He said, all right, I distributed it up.
0: Yeah, I think it was – a. I want to say it was a lob to Jabari Parker. Jabari Parker was their second leading scorer in the fourth quarter. So what does that
1: – what does that tell you? <laughs> it's just bizarre because I watched this team play team basketball and they're playing through the whole roster and Jalen Brown is still getting the majority of the good shots. Yeah. Even Tate, even they're even creating good shots for Tatum that he's selling a lot of the time. (laughs) Yeah. But they're still like, I I'm okay with you missing good shots. Right. You're going, you're just, you're going extended stretches, just killing whatever offense you run. Why? Yeah. And they blew the lead exactly because of that.
0: Like, Smart is someone that misses a lot of good shots. And I don't think anyone has any, like, bad feeling about that. Like, no one has stopped him. I've never heard media say Marcus Smart needs to stop taking open threes. No one ever says that. But seven for 20, man, in a game you lost, it's not good. It's not it. It's, how they it's, did it's
1: the like game. the... It's the contrast that makes him look so bad. Yeah. Because the team will play so well together, and he will, like, by himself kill it.
2: Yeah.
1: It won't be like nobody else goes into the mode. He goes – Jalen Brown is never looking to just not let anybody touch the ball for multiple possessions. No, he's not. If he takes one bad shot, next play he's moving the ball.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Like – Tatum will take a bad shot and think that deserves another bad shot.
0: Let's try it again. <laughs> yeah, he does.
1: And I would understand, I would understand as a scorer, like obviously you give some leeway to every every guy in the league who could score. Yeah. But you're not taking advantage of mismatches. Right. He definitely in large doesn't do part, that. in large part because your shot quality is trash. Whether you're being guarded by elite defenders or not, yeah, so
0: in the in the mismatch he never goes at the size mismatch, and I never understand that i I watch it every single game he tries to post up someone bigger than him, he tries to take someone smaller than him off the dribble, or he tries to take someone you know take a center and tries to take a step back three on his center. Instead of taking him to the rack, it's just it's strange for someone at his height and his athleticism to not be able to see the mismatches better in that
1: way. And he does it like it's even worse because he does it from time to time. Yeah, he does. But like he doesn't I don't I guess he doesn't realize that it's much easier if I play like this more often. Right. Again, the team is winning more games. They, the roster has shown that they could win a lot of games.
0: Right. They have.
1: But if, yep. if Tatum's going to keep playing like this, they're, I can't imagine them even getting out of the first round.
0: I, I don't understand why more trades haven't been explored for him. And what's really strange is I don't understand why the trade rumors we do hear from Boston. Are with Jalen Brown's name in them. Which is... I, I, Unreal. It just, it's bizarre. Unreal. It doesn't make any sense. Because think about it. I know we thought about it from the perspective of what you can get for each of them, right? Like I think we talked about that last time. Yeah. But think about if you traded one of them for who you get, how would they meld with the person you have, right? So if you trade... Jalen Brown and whoever you get has to play with Jason Tatum, which is, which we see barely works now.
1: That's, that's what I'm saying. It's the like, who, who would I pair up with Tatum and like that duo? I can think of like almost everybody that comes to mind as a duo partner or a potential duo partner. I would love to see with Jalen Brown yeah me too any big any guard any other wing literally there's no like there's no criteria for which a star player can't pair up with jalen brown to me i agree but tatum it's literally like everybody i think about i'm like well this wouldn't work this wouldn't work and it's all (laughs) because of tatum's play style (laughs) yeah exactly i just i hate that i because again tatum and I think to your question, like, why, why are all, why haven't they explored more options for him? Mm-hmm. It's because he's given them the, the 40 point games, the 39 point games. It's just never in the critical games.
0: I know. And the thing, is, and even right, if it is, it's, it's
1: inconsistent.
0: Yeah. Cause I was going to say, I mean, like LaMelo can get 38 on a team that means nothing in a game that means nothing. I mean, I mean, you know, but I wouldn't trade LaMelo for Jason Tatum.
1: But, but this is the thing to me. Like, LaMelo is proving himself at the moment. Yeah. So when is getting 38, when John Morant is getting 38, like any of these first three to four-year players.
0: It's up in their stock.
1: Like, yeah, because I'm looking at, oh, wow, you could do this potentially at our best. Like, yeah. holy shit, we're a contender. Yeah. We've seen years of Tatum's game. They've gone to the conference finals before Tatum even, like, fully developed as a player. Yeah. We've seen them win with Tatum. Yeah. But they've never been the best Eastern Conference team. No, they haven't. And they've looked like it for multiple seasons. Right. So, uh, to me, like, we've, to your point, we've seen all we've needed to see. Another
0: thing, and I know obviously like the team, um, the Celtics don't have to think about this, but I think I would be more confident with Tatum like going to a new team and trying to fit in than someone coming to the Celtics and trying to fit in with him. Like if Tatum went to like if Tatum went to the Blazers for McCollum, Nurkic, and like I don't, it doesn't matter a bunch of picks and he still played with Dame. I'd be more confident that they would figure something out than if Dame came for Jalen Brown and played with, uh, played with Tatum. I think Tatum's like probably would be able to fit in with another team easier than, you know, trying to adjust to how he's playing in Boston already.
1: I, I agree. Yeah.
0: Cause I we've seen that happen a few times. Where um you know, we talked about T Mac earlier. T Mac had that issue where if T Mac went to the new team, T Mac would figure it out, but they could never bring anyone to T Mac and make it work for some reason. Not that they brought like anyone that as good as Jason Tatum, but you know what I mean. It was it was harder that way. So yeah. But like I said, that's not the Celtics. Problem really
1: I swear, dude, he's starting to bank threes better than like just make them. you notice that yeah <laughs> the, like the better the contests, the better his bank percentage is for some reason, yeah,
2: it's, yeah.
1: <laughs> he makes shots like just the way he makes and creates shots, I'm like, dude, you're like you're trying stuff almost
0: I know it does it never looks. Eh. It always looks like unconfident going in. Like, it's never confident going in the basket. Like, I I
1: look around the league. A lot of the contemporaries, I never see Devin Booker trying stuff. No. Devin Booker always looks like he's doing something he's practiced. Yeah. Guy, he just played Middleton. Another guy. Never looks like he's just trying shit out there. Right. Like, dude, I understand. Again, you can get 50, so there's there's a certain level of leeway i'm willing to give mm-hmm. but when you're taking bad shot after bad shot there's no way yeah
0: which makes it scary because he takes bad shots and you know relies on a lot of luck and is still fantastic so imagine if he was taking more precise shots and more you know shots he actually worked on he i mean
1: i mean imagine him embracing probably. Imagine he embraced kind of Chicago's play style. Yeah, he he'd be elite.
0: He'd be elite, and it'd and be the like it'd would be never easy. Lose, probably they probably it'd never lose. easy. <laughs>
1: yeah. He'd have he'd be in better like he'd be better conditioned to do the things he does now in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Take over because you're getting way better, way easier shots all game.
0: And the few times that Boston looks unbeatable is when they're doing that when they're playing in that way where one of them can be on ball one of them can be you know the playmaker play initiator and the other one can get buckets i mean you know they take turns but
1: yeah it just playing milwaukee also made them look worse or made tatum look worse because milwaukee's a lot of their offense is trying to get Giannis easier opportunities yeah or favorable opportunities. Yeah. Whereas Boston tries to do that for Tatum and Tatum kills it a lot of the time.
0: And like no one else really runs ISO on Milwaukee. Like yeah, I, that's one thing I noticed about Chris Middleton. He rarely gets like ISO buckets. Like if it is, it's because it's like a crazy height mismatch.
1: And he has to really like have gotten it going.
0: Yeah. Right. But still, it's like a, you know, maybe a little inside out one dribble and he just pulls up in your face. It's not like it's a 10 dribble, you know, 10, 15 seconds on the shot clock kind of ISO. Never. Uh, So that's another reason why I look at Tatum and Brown, mainly Tatum, and I see, like, man, he's held the ball for the last 12 seconds. Like, what are we doing? So. And also, I bring up plus and minus on here a lot. but sometimes you have to watch the game to be able to like really deep dive the plus and minus. For instance, in this game, Jason Tatum was minus 17. Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart were minus 28. Right. And that's, this is actually just in the second half. That's atrocious. Be minus 28 and a half, but it's not because they sucked. (laughs) It's because they were on the court with Jason Tatum (laughs) and it wasn't
1: working. Yes, that's the that's the deal. Like it and they never look bad to me. No, they like like to me, it's obviously smart has bad shooting nights like any player. Brown, Mm -hmm. same thing. But I've never watched him and saying like, dude, this guy is just like he looks bad. Yeah. Tatum gets to a point where I'm like, dude, you look bad right now. Yeah, yeah, having to fade away against like tiny guards or step back against no mobility bigs. It's yeah, just bad. And that's
0: one thing about we'll talk about the Bulls again probably later, but Levine he uses his height like maybe better than any guard in the league. And we talked about that already a little bit. I before. told you the way he uses his height is flawless. He fades away only when he needs to, if he needs, you know, if he can get past you and just dunk on you, he just will. Like it, it is never like a, you know, why, why didn't Levine do that kind of thing? A lot of guys, you know, you ever watch guys like, why didn't he just, you know, post him up? Why didn't he just drop step on him? Why didn't he just fade away on him? I never have to say that about Levine. I know. I feel like he makes the best decisions for his size and his play style. Maybe of any other, you know, two guard, I mean, him and the guy on this team, probably number one, number two at that. This and point. you know,
1: what's crazy is Levine is kind of given like Tatum an archetype where, <laughs> yeah, where I, obviously the team is different, where you don't have a DeRozan to come take the, the isolation possessions. Yeah. But that was the big knock on Levine was the awful isolation shots he would take. Right. And now that he's taking much better shots, much more often he's elite. Yeah. He's a top three shooting guard. Yeah. To me, he's number one. Like I said, a few weeks ago, but
0: I'm still, I'm not mad at it at all. And the the thing is, the thing that sucks is Tatum is a better inside player than Levine, but we never get to see it because he rarely posts up anybody he's supposed to be posting up. So he came, I think he got drafted as a power forward and I haven't seen him play power forward
1: since then. You know what the big thing is for Tatum, man? Like we're getting really in depth with it, but (laughs) if he would just make spot up shots more consistently, we really wouldn't have this. Like, what what we're discussing wouldn't be as big of an issue as it is. That's true. Because, again, you're selling, like, smarts getting you wide-open looks that you can't make, and then you got to take step-backs on top of that.
2: Yeah.
1: Now, we're getting seven for 20. And early in the year, we were getting, like, three for 19.
2: Right.
0: All right. Okay. Moving on. Um, Game three, are we – Sons and warriors, another great matchup, number one or number two in the West, Steph versus CP. This, I mean, I think Steph versus CP is one of the most underrated matchups of our lifetimes. And <laughs> the thing is it sucks just because Steph always dominates him. It's not because
1: <laughs> it's funny because CP has a lot of good, uh, a lot of the elite guards throughout the years, yeah. Like it's been fun watching CP match up with them, yeah. But none of the other elite guards, like you, like Steph, just dominate. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. just like a bad. You ever play a guy and like something about like a specific move you just can't like read or move with? Yeah. Something about like how quickly Steph can get off shots. And how he moves without the ball just throws CP off.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he, I think one thing is C, CP, and then we'll get into the game. CP tries so hard to like assert his basketball yes. intelligence.
1: Yes, on I everyone criticize him every playoff run for that. <laughs> it, but you can't do it with
0: Steph because it's just raw talent. Like, there's no. Like, Steph doesn't rely on basketball IQ really at all in the games to me. Not that he doesn't use it, but he doesn't rely on it. So, like, there's no way for CP to get that advantage on him because Steph will say, okay, you can have the IQ. I'm about to just talent you to death. I'm about to just play street ball on you to death. There's no, yeah. like, I'm not playing strategy. I'm just trying to win the game.
1: I mean, he does use, like, shooter IQ. Yeah. But the, the weird thing is, like, Throughout the years, we've seen a lot of guys use IQ, Corver, Reddick, all the spot-up, like, specialists. Yeah. But Steph is so unstoppable off the dribble right? that it just creates a whole unguardable element on top of that.
0: Right, and that's the thing. He uses it, but he doesn't need it. And that's, yeah. why, that's why he always beats CP. Because, like, look at all the highlights that Steph has on CP. Like the one on the baseline when he made CP fall. That's not doubles, a place for you to do the a. Back. That's not a place for you to do a double behind the back. No, like, that's not.
1: A, a terrible no, spot not.
0: for you to double behind the back. You, he was like a foot that's away from thing, out of that's bounds. The funny
1: thing, like Cur, uh, Curry looks bad because he looks turnover prone against pretty much any everybody else. Yeah, but against CP is just he's got it on a spring every night. <laughs>
0: Because CP cannot predict what he's doing at all.
1: No, not at all.
0: Even the one at the top of the key where he weaved in and out of CP and DeAndre and, like, Dude, three other guys yeah. stepped back at the three. Why did he do that? Even <laughs> Kerr was like, what are you doing? <laughs> so CP didn't know what to do about it either. So, well, we say all that to say it was a really good game. And <laughs> Steph... Just played fantastic.
1: Yeah, man. You know what's funny is this was the first game I've seen in a while where nothing to me – there wasn't any glaring concerns for either side.
2: Mm, Okay. I agree
1: with that. Uh, I thought a lot of the issues were just, like, from, you know, missing shots to not making certain timely shots. Yeah. Uh, And I I did, like – the Warriors' chemistry looked a little bit better. A lot of that yeah. being Steph's play style versus CP's play style, mm-hmm. but like again, I, I think these teams, these teams would like go seven games, no question to me.
0: Mm. With this roster, right? With the rosters that played that day,
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 Clay Thompson <laughs> might completely change that conversation. And
0: and um, Wiseman. Because Aiden looked like the best center in the league on Christmas. Honestly, he was eating. Basically, it was anytime like it he had the whole to.
1: playoff flat run last year. Yeah. So
0: I mean, that's another thing. If they if Warriors have something, anything to help that, it it makes a big difference. But to your point, they looked very evenly matched everywhere else on the court. They they really did. Um, shout out to Gary Payton the second who's been playing absolutely fantastic the last three weeks.
1: Um, Otto Porter, shout out too.
0: Otto Porter, man. He, he was huge in this game. Huge, huge. Without Wiggins, um, you know, I, I won't say I was worried, but I thought the length of the Phoenix, you know, wings would be a problem without Wiggins, but no auto porter said i got this
1: warriors chemistry is too good for like a wiggins loss to to make them look much worse
0: yeah well yeah not much worse but i was worried about steph having to switch on to bridges or um being able to get into cam johnson's shot or crowder being out there stuff like that you know
1: cp doesn't do that well he doesn't like that's never been CP's like LeBron could do that very well, where he could like push to get shots where we get yeah. the best advantage. Yeah, you're right. Like CP and the Phoenix roster really isn't like Ayton is not a guy who does that. Only Booker is the guy who could do that. Right. So they're, they play a little bit differently that way.
0: And I didn't think Gary Payton, the second would play such a good defense on uh, Booker. I did. I really didn't. I didn't have that confidence. I mean, not that he, you know, he didn't strap him, but he played really good D.
1: He did a good job. Yeah. Again, Um, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, it wasn't like Booker looked trash or nothing, you know. Yeah. I didn't think CP looked trash. No, no. So. And only one player on
0: the Warriors didn't play. They went pretty much the whole bench.
1: Yeah, and. It's a miracle. I mean, Phoenix has been healthy throughout the whole, like this last month. Yeah. Which is pretty wild thinking about it, considering there's barely any team in the pro sports right now that are healthy.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I thought um, Phoenix could have went a little bit deeper on their bench. You know, I, I don't think Chandler Hutchinson is like an elite player or anything, but I thought he could see some time on there. Cam Johnson, I mean, campaign wasn't getting it going at one point. I thought maybe we'd see Alfred Payton out there for defense, maybe something like that. I don't have any other, I don't
1: have any, like, major takeaways. I'm still iffy on Shamit being, like, one of their key guys.
0: Yeah, I thought he was out there a little long, even though it was only 10 minutes. It seemed like it was in a really important part of the game, Uh, but, you know. Not for them. He doesn't fit into how to them how I thought he would.
1: Shamit like Shamit's weird because he's not a specialist. So he's not not a reliable three point shooter. Even though he can make a lot of them, Mm -hmm. he's also like he moves a lot, but he doesn't really make a lot of shit happen. I feel like
0: no, he doesn't. And you know, I mentioned this before. He was a ball handler like all the way up until he got. In the NBA,
1: and like he now looks he never really, hand, handles and he the looks ball. Bad trying to handle the ball now.
0: I know, and it, it, it's it's weird. I thought I always thought that was strange because I thought he'd come in and be you know maybe a pretty good sized point guard, and then they never put him on the ball ever again. So um, he's kind of like a <laughs> slightly better Patrick McCaw at this point, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, just kind of disrespectful, better. but I, I could see it.
0: <laughs> I'm disrespecting Shamit?
1: i just say, I'll say better. <laughs> I will slightly is the, the disrespect there. I'll say better. Okay.
0: All right. All right. I'll give him that. Um, also, the Warriors brought in um, Quindary Weatherspoon who played really good for the time he was out there. I thought he was good on both ends. Jonathan Kaminga was picking CP up full court for some reason. And everything I don't think would work, curve figures out to – it works for some reason. Like, I don't want him <laughs> doing that ever again. But <laughs> for this time, it didn't cost them anything.
1: So. I, I just like that everybody on the Warriors gets to do multiple things. Mm-hmm. Like just the way they play, how they feed off of each other, how they feed off Curry. Very inclusive. Like no other team replicates that as well.
0: You know what's really insane? Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of these guys will not be on the roster when COVID is over and when Clay mm-hmm. comes back. And like they use everyone in this game. <laughs> They went – how many deep? One, two, three, four, five. They went ten deep, and seven of these guys aren't going to be on the roster. So, like, that's crazy. That's crazy to think about, you know? Yeah. Because Clay Wiggins, Wiseman, Iguodala, Poole, Damian Lee, and Moses Moody, the rookie, they got – all have to come back eventually. So – so, yeah, it's kind of wild. Sons were only missing Dario Saric, Abdel Nader, and Frank Kaminsky.
1: So almost nobody. <laughs> Essentially yeah. nobody. Because they picked up McGee. Didn't, I didn't really notice McGee out there. But.
0: I think McGee got dunked on by, uh, I think, Kaminga, maybe? Somebody dunked on McGee or something. That's
1: right.
0: Yeah. I forgot who it was. Oh, maybe Peyton. Peyton that's probably a good guess. I don't I just don't remember who it was. Okay, next game. Nets and Lakers. The Nets were without
1: you know, the Harden, two Harden cleared team. protocol just in time. Yeah. And They're, man man it couldn't have been a more dream matchup for Harden.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> only
1: yeah. only the fucking Lakers would play the Brooklyn Nets and not respect James Harden as a top tier player. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, what are these matchups? <laughs> Why can't you, nobody stay in front of a fucking soul? And
0: Dwight Howard, Westbrook, Carmelo, and DeAndre Jordan have all played with James Harden and still have no idea how to defend him at all. I know (laughs) like they have all played with him for at least a season each and have (laughs)
1: like no idea uh, about four or five years ago. I watched J.J. Reddick like really commit and do a good job on Harden over the course of like two, three playoff games. Yeah. That to me now, I'm looking at these guys who are obviously better defensively than J.J. (laughs) Reddick. Should be. I'm, yeah, we'd expect them to be, but yeah. clearly, I'm. My expectations are misplaced. Right in the oh my the god, Lakers just be
0: doing whatever, man. They're
1: so lazy. We <laughs> real quick.
0: Outside of the game, signing Darren Collison is probably like the biggest troll move of the entire season so far. Darren Collison hasn't played in four years, five years, more. Yeah. And
2: he was explicit in
0: saying he wasn't looking to come back. And Lakers signed him and like he did absolutely nothing the whole game. It was just it was just pointless. Anyway, back to the game. Harden was eating. He was saucing, he was chefing, he was getting to the basket, he was getting fouls. He was just doing whatever he wanted to do, honestly.
1: And anything. Except playing defense. Yeah, of course. We know Harden. The Hamstring's still, still bothering him on that end. Yeah. Um, but, you know, okay, Let's just, Harden has cooked a lot of players, a lot of teams in his years. Okay, that could happen. Mm-hmm. You know what else we're not going to do? We're not going to respect the shot of one of the greatest Olympic players ever. (laughs) We're going to constantly lose him off ball. We're constantly not going to get up high enough off screens. Let's count the
0: Olympians on the Lakers (laughs) one, (laughs) two, three, four, five. No, Rondo didn't go. Five Olympians on the Lakers. None of them knew how to stop Patty. Mills. <laughs> oh, mean, my God.
1: <laughs> I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm like, dude, the Lakers are really trying to like they're trying to make it seem like Patty Mills hasn't been cooking from the perimeter in his 10, 15 years in the league.
0: And this year specifically, I think he's having all career highs this year, too. So it's like <laughs> he's. Uh, is oh, he, my God. Did he become the Olympic all-time leading scorer? Am I off on that?
1: I wouldn't That's be surprised. not from the US, I think. I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, they did act like, oh, he hit that one. He's he won't hit the next one. Like they acted like that.
1: That's what I'm saying. I'm like, Dude, Pat. <laughs> if there's anybody, I'm like, yo, fucking don't lose him. It's Patty Mills on this Brooklyn roster that we saw on Christmas. It's Patty Mills.
0: Patty, Patty Mills is the most consistent shooter on the Nets, in my opinion.
1: I mean, okay, Ben Brady hit like three. All right, you live with that.
0: He's uh, the person but, you don't yeah, count you on. Him his ass,
1: one. You let yeah. him get eight to twelve threes. Yeah. I mean, I'm watching, I'm like, dude, Brooklyn's two best threats by far are doing anything they want. And the Lakers are like, are like struggling to figure out why they're barely in the fucking game
0: when you get the scouting report <laughs> who was on it other than patty mills and harden like what other name was even on the piece of paper
1: should have, have been uh, should have been nick claxton lob threat <laughs> yeah uh, i
0: mean the lakers again they're,
1: they're so disgusting defensively yeah and they're not even trying
0: Westbrook was minus 23 this game. Good old minus 23.
1: I don't even want to talk about the stuff he said about people's reaction to his play. What did he say? I mean, he's delusional. (laughs) He's talking about how uh, I think I've been all right or something like that. I think I've been okay. Uh, Like fans expect me to get 25, 15, and 15. Like that's not going to happen. Like who expects you to get that?
0: Nobody at all.
1: Who thinks your play has been okay? Russ, Russ, how can you say your play is okay? You average five turnovers a game. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's bizarre. LeBron is in the middle of it like, yo, Kareem, I'm coming for the scoring record real quick.
0: LeBron don't care about the team game anymore.
2: He can't. And you
1: see it. And you see it. LeBron is getting inside because he yeah. wants the fucking buckets. He wants the stats to look good. He's yeah. he's way more committed to getting inside than ever before as a Laker to me.
0: It's tough when everyone on the team is chasing stats. Carmelo's trying to hit, you know, get his points up. Westbrook is trying to chase stats. LeBron is chasing stats. I think Anthony Davis chases stats.
1: I mean, Anthony Davis looks the worst chasing stats, by the way. He does. That's that's why he looks so awful first all year, yeah. And the Lakers still... are they're such a joke, man. They're first. The team is in shambles. We're we're slipping in the standings. We're getting now. We're getting hit by injuries, COVID. Our first pickup. We need to fill our rotation. We need to get right. We can't stop a soul. I know where Isaiah, you're going, Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> Let's get to five seven. He comes in, he comes in first game, machine. by the way. He comes in first game, scores. I'm like, wow, it doing what he does, yeah. While the Lakers are giving up basket, 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 free throws.
0: Like, I, I yo, think I, hey,
1: you can score the ball, LA. You can't get a stop,
0: yeah. I think Isaiah Thomas has some of the worst pick and roll defense that's ever played basketball. Oh, no like, question. You set a pick on him. He just he like takes the the screen and just watches you go lay it up. Like is that yep. easy? He
1: just like switches off the list. Yeah, then gets impossible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> Lakers suck, man. They look they look old top to bottom.
0: They do, and they're not even like that Taylor.
1: Old. Even the young guys are starting to look fucking old.
0: I think they're only playing Taylor and Horton Tucker, so. You know, teams can think he, like, belongs in the NBA. So, when they his, trade
1: him. His trade stock is sinking. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that right now. He's been awful. Yeah. it's
0: It's been bad, man. It's, it's really, been so really, bad.
1: really bad. Shout out to Harden, by the way, because he followed that up with another huge game. I don't remember against who, but. Yeah, he did. He ton of assists. Really... Like, another 40-point night.
0: Patty Mills deserves something this year. I don't know what it is. I don't know what they can give him, but the way he's honestly carried the Nets this year,
1: <laughs> I know,
0: deserves some some recognition somehow.
1: He's really done like what, what Clarkson and like Lou Will have done, but he's doing yeah. it within the team.
0: Yeah. And, and it's Nash, never
1: just like a Patty Mills show.
0: Right. And Nash, you know, I don't know if, You know, I don't know the six man of the year rules or anything, but Nash has started him, you know, a couple games. I hope he doesn't, like, I hope that doesn't take away his eligibility for six man, even though Uh, there's a
1: certain amount of games that don't disqualify you from six man. So you you could start. I I don't want to give you the number because I don't want to be wrong, but. Okay. There is a number for that.
0: Yeah. and, And plus, I feel like they have to. They have to give it some, uh, you know, give COVID some credit to why some guys just have to start. Like we can't just bring someone yeah. off the street and start them, like the Hawks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the Nets are another team. Like, like they they just play basket. Like they play offense well a lot of the time. Yeah. When when they're moving it, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh But like. That's why guys like Benbury can come in and play really well. They're getting great shots. Yep, Like Bruce Brown gets wide open floaters, and he's proven to make them. I mean, the, the bigs are playing much better.
0: Yeah, and, you know, we talked about last time about the team, how the team was set up versus how Harden plays. They went into this game with exactly what Harden needed. They put shooters in the corners.
1: Lob threat.
0: They, they had a lob threat. They had Bimbury playing, just playing basically all the defense for Harden because Harden wasn't playing it. So, Benbury played the tough defense. This is exactly what he needed. But can Kyrie and Durant be there and him still give exactly what they need?
1: Ah. I don't know, man. If, if he can give them the playmaking, then I, I think they'll be fine.
0: Yeah, maybe. Kyrie's never playing in New York again, by the way. Like COVID's getting worse and worse, and they're bringing Kyrie back.
1: <laughs> he's yeah,
0: he's not gonna play in New York this year. There's no way. There's no way. And like the COVID is it's kind of bizarre that they say, Man, COVID's spiking again. Maybe we should call Kyrie and bring him back to the team. Like that doesn't make any sense.
1: Uh, none at all. So I'm sure.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if more cities crack down on it. So, all right, so let's go to Theo Pinson and the Dallas Mavericks.
1: You're correct yourself. You mean uh, you mean Jalen Brunson and the Dallas Mavericks?
2: <laughs>
0: Bro, Theo Pinson played twenty two minutes. Him and Brandon Knight both got a 20 piece minute game. The dynamic.
1: <laughs> Dallas is in shambles, too, to be honest. And and it Luca looks bad because Porzingis is playing great. Uh, Brunson looks like a sick he looks like an elite six man candidate who's probably gonna get paid in the offseason.
0: They need a free Porzingis, man. Every time Luca's not there, Porzingis has a blast. He looks like he's having such a good time on the court. Then when Luca comes back there, Porzingis looks so confused. He doesn't look happy. He looks hurt when he's not hurt. He just looks hurt.
1: Like he settles way more.
0: Settles. He, he's never in his spots. They don't create shots for him.
1: You know, I swear with Luca, his threes are like. Uh, like a half step further than than they normally are now.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Like, it just feels like it might might be tripping, but
2: it always feels like he's
1: trying to, like, be, like, the ultimate spacing big.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Maybe. Luca doesn't really create shots for anybody. Like, I I know they Mm. made it seem like that.
2: Usually the scrubs.
0: Yeah, but if you're the best player on the court and I'm a scrub, like the defense is not going to guard me the same way. So obviously like you just having the ball gets me more open, you know, because yeah. everyone's in help side. That's not creating shots for me. It's just, you know, being the best player on the team and me sucking. And that's kind of what, you know, Finney Smith and um, maxi like those guys benefit from that. Luca just driving to the basket. Of course, my guy's gonna help because I'm not a threat. So
1: yeah, their problem with Luca, I I think, and even now you could kind of see it mm-hmm. the way they play, like I said, just like endless high pick and rolls. So basic, so predictable. Yeah. Yeah. Um the high IQ guys like Brunson could eat. Yep. You know, a lot of their guys could eat, but you notice it never transitions to winning. No, it doesn't. Like, Perzingis could get 40 and they could get destroyed or they, they could win. Yep. None of their guys, none of their especially role players having big games mm-hmm. is really that meaningful for them. Right. Because the way they play.
2: hmm
0: Yeah. Shout out to Marquis Chris, man. I'm glad he got picked up, even though he's going to get dropped, like, next week. I never thought he, like, didn't deserve to be on a roster at all. Maybe not deserve to start or play a lot, but I see some guys every week that I think Marcus Chris could take the job. But
1: I'm going to be honest. I've definitely thought that. <laughs> I've definitely <laughs> been like, yo, get, I don't want to see this guy in the league ever again. The Warriors last year, oh, my God.
0: <laughs> That's because he was starting. He should never, ever, ever start you might be
1: right yeah he looks he looks really trash as a starter
0: i'm taking him over grant williams but i don't feel like that's a good that's
1: a good conversation i gotta think about that
0: bro he catches alley-oops and blocks shots grant williams does nothing i I will tell you yeah
1: chris has shown me chris has shown me that maybe he's not a rotation guy but there's a reason to play him like he could give you something yeah I still don't know what that reason is for Grant Williams. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So off that alone, I give you... And Chris is a worker, man. He's gotten dropped so many times, and he's still battling for a spot in the league. You got to love a guy like that.
0: And he's shown improvement. Like...
1: 100%.
0: You just don't see it because you only see him play once a year. But when he was on a team for a long time, he came out, he started hitting threes, he started cutting better. You know, Grant Williams (laughs) is... fouls better basically um okay to the jazz you have any deep dives for the jazz
1: no i mean if donovan's gonna play at an mvp level (laughs) i mean who's gonna beat them multiple times in a week nobody nobody especially during the season the COVID hitting as hard as it is i mean the, the jazz are similar to the Warriors and Sons, like they're healthy, they're locked in, they know who they are. Yeah. Like they've they've attempted to fix some of their flaws. Mm-hmm. The key for them is to like really f- fix the flaws in the playoffs. But we yeah. can't know that till we get there.
0: They're kind of in the Bucks mode, where it's just like the season. Like they have to play the
1: season, so they're playing it, but they really don't. Care yeah, about the they're like Milwaukee was prior to last year.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, they're they're just, I mean, even this year, Milwaukee's just playing games because they have to. They're not battling for anything. We're about to go right. to the playoffs. Doesn't matter who we play. We're just gonna play our game, and then playoff time comes, we're gonna get it done. I think the Jazz are in the same thing. I do like that they got more talent. They got some more pieces, some more tools to go into their you know bag of tricks. Rudy Gay is a guy. You know they bring him in Hassan Whiteside. They they are using him right at this point. Rebounds, blocks, lobs, nothing else, please, nothing else. I thought they you'd I thought they would use Pascal more, but that's cool. Um,
1: it's been there. Uh, Rudy Gay is one of those guys. Like he plays better than you you think. Yeah, like you think he would, and he's doing that again. Yeah,
0: and he he's playing better than even his stats show, because like. I thought he had a good game in this game, and, I mean, he only had four points, what, three rebounds, but he was, like, you notice him on the court. You notice him moving the ball. He'll set up an iso or a post-up and make a good play out of it. You know, he gets fouled. He knows how to play. High IQ guy. Big-time vet. So, yeah, man, I don't have much to say still waiting for the them to trade angles
1: i just don't like i just don't like how gobert looks on the court <laughs> Does that makes sense what do you mean no he just he just looks like a liability even when he's playing well to me because yeah. i just like i see how he struggles when teams space out and obviously dallas couldn't as well as they wanted yeah um but when teams space out on them it like, Gobert just looks bad to me.
0: And that was the one thing they were desperately missing that they really did not solve, was the undersized mobile big.
1: Yeah, so Whiteside's the same shit. Whiteside, you pull him out, he's exactly. the same way. He's not moving on anybody.
0: He's just a poor man's Gobert anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, everything else, that's, that's why I thought they would use Pascal more, because... That I think Pascal is capable of being that for them, but the other I mean, they have no small ball that can compete defensively. Yeah, small ball looks great on offense, but defensively, their small ball is going to get exposed. Yeah, and I like,
1: like you said, I love just off the top of my head Rudy Gay at the five with two or three of their wings and Mitchell. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, but it's I do not too. getting. It's not stopping the the cont- It's not stopping Phoenix. I can tell you that right now.
0: It's not stopping Phoenix. It wouldn't. It wouldn't stop DC. Montrezl would eat on Rudy Gay. As much as I love
1: Rudy Gay, think he's the vet. Montrezl yeah, but DC. Would have... That's the thing though. Like in the playoffs, teams find a way to stop the Jazz. The Wizards wouldn't. Couldn't do that.
0: No, 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 no. I'm. I'm not saying. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not saying. It would make them beat the Jazz. I'm just saying someone like Montrezl as an undersized big, if you're going you know. small ball, he's, at, he's feasting on your lineup easily. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to – let's talk about the Bulls real quick because um, we've alluded to them. I, I believe next year they'll be on Christmas if they have the same roster, which I assume they will. I think next year they'll probably get a Christmas game. I think it's over for the Mavericks having Christmas games. Maybe over for the Hawks too. Actually, unless they I go think, real deep in the playoffs, but I don't think they will. So,
1: did Lonzo just enter uh, COVID protocols? I, I think. I think he. I don't think he just did. Or was it like yesterday or the day before?
0: Uh, yeah, he's re, yeah he's in he's in the protocol for sure. I don't know when it was, but he's definitely in it.
1: You know, it's a weird change, by the way, that we haven't mentioned that just happened yesterday. I believe mm-hmm. the the quarantine time has been cut in half. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, with the league obviously committing to keeping going, now vaccinated guys come back in you know five days, which is a lot quicker than two weeks. Or,
2: yeah, yeah, it could, well, it 10 could days,
0: but... even make them miss less than two games. Mm-hmm. I think it's been like a minimum of two games lately because of the um, because of how long it's been. So yeah, five days, maybe miss one game, maybe two max. So,
1: yeah. So I'm curious if that will kind of limit, like, even if a team has an outbreak, you know, you don't, you don't have to really stress about keeping a 10 day guy for another contract. Yeah. Whereas that's kind of happening now, like teams are, maybe not stressing about it, but they're getting put in positions to have to decide. And I don't think they want to.
0: Yeah. But I guess the only thing is if you sign a 10 day guy and your guy comes back, how do you work that out as far as your roster? Like, you know, you end up with like 17 guys on your roster because you have five guys go out for COVID and you signed five guys. And then now, because, they have five more days on their contract. Now I have like 20 guys, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. But uh, the 10 to 15 guys are normally like they're always, they always have the potential to be in and out of the G league. Yeah. or back and forth from the G league. So I feel like, like running it more of like a college team in that, in that sense with the, the backups, the third stringers, Yeah, I, yeah. I think wouldn't be a huge problem.
0: So, so you think it'll probably move to just call-ups instead of 10 days.
1: I would hope so. I feel like that's yeah. easier.
0: That's possible. That's possible because, I mean, I'm not going to lie. This 10-day thing has made me kind of look at the NBA kind of bad because it's telling me that they all believe that these 10-day guys should be in the NBA, just maybe not right now. And that, that kind of sucks because – they don't feel that way about the G-League guys because, like you said, they're not calling them up for the games. They're signing Lance Stevenson or Joe Johnson. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So That's weird to neat. me. Yeah, and Marquise Chris and Theo Pinson, and you're playing them 26 minutes, so you think he's good enough to play an NBA game for 26 minutes, but your G-League guys that you signed or you know that you drafted – You don't think are, but you don't really want to keep them or have them ever play 26 minutes ever again after this week. So it's just kind of
1: strange. I I think teams are overvaluing, like, league experience for for these situations. You So you think they're
0: overvaluing having the 10-day guys, like the guys who aren't in the G League?
1: Yeah, because I'm assuming, like, Joe Johnson obviously is a vet, like – We'll bring him in. He'll know how to play. You're not bringing him in for that long. I'd rather an exciting G League prospect come in and maybe, God forbid, so and so, maybe he's an elite defender that I didn't realize. Yeah. Like, I I just think there's more chance of an upside with it if you're really studying, looking at the G League rather than Mm -hmm. Joe Johnson. No, obviously, no disrespect.
0: Well, I look at it, I guess, the opposite way because I think. They're overvaluing keeping guys that they're never gonna actually play and and not keeping the guys who have played in the league for a long time that you might actually want to play. Because like keeping like I guess I can't look at anyone right now because everybody's out with COVID, but like Devin Dotson is on the Bulls. Like let's say they sign, like let's say they drafted him, keeping him just because he's a rookie and just hoping he'll get better someday is is whack. If you're never, ever going to play him and maybe two years from now, you just cut him and you never have never having had play him opposed to just signing a Lance Stevenson and using him when it's when you need him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sometimes I think they, but it still is overvaluing experience because you think that these guys are sitting on the bench. will get experience to someday play a game. But you never keep them longer than three years. Their contract's only three years. So what's the point? I'm yeah, I chilling know. getting an NBA level workout for three years and never playing.
1: So it's a tough spot to be in though.
0: It is. It is a tough spot. So tell tell me what you think about the Bulls, man. Are are they officially a contender, even with the COVID issues?
1: Yes. If they were in the West, I'd say no, mm-hmm. because I don't think they could beat the the three juggernauts, Utah, Phoenix, Golden State. Right. In the East, the, the potential elite teams aren't as locked in or as full strength uh, as the other three teams. And with the Bulls, man, like – their chemistry is just so elite. It is. And you know that I'm huge on chemistry with, especially with how teams score the ball. Yeah. If your chemistry isn't great, that's, that's when you get the bad playoff performances from guys. That's right. when you get the like team comes in with a crazy offensive rating and they score in the eighties and nineties in the playoffs. Right. Uh. So I, I think, Chicago has the tools. I just don't think they have enough of a front court presence. Right. I got you. Vuce- Vucevic is just getting back. He's playing better. He's scoring a little bit more.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But again, everything is run through the guards. Right. Everything is decided by the guards. Everything is kind of created by the guards. So your front court really doesn't have Vucevic's five baskets, even if it's five for six, doesn't really mm-hmm. have an impact like Ayton's baskets do. Or okay. like when, when Bam plays well for Miami. Right. Or Philly with Embiid.
2: Right.
1: Or even yeah. Giannis with Milwaukee. So that that's where I worry for them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're definitely a contender, no question about that.
0: Yeah. I, I think at this point they have the two most unguardable players on the same team in the league. Um that's not shade for the Nets, because I think that I think Harden at this point is guardable. And I think Kyrie's guardable. You know, obviously Durant is, is Durant. And I think he's guardable, but he's not. I mean. He's pretty as close to unguardable as you can be, but I think at this point, DeRozan and Levine are just so hard to stop, man. I just have not seen anyone. I've watched a bunch of their games on purpose, and I haven't seen anyone that has come close to stopping them. I just haven't. Um, I th- I think I think your concerns are valid. Uh, I don't know, man like you said in the east the bigs even the bigs in the east just aren't that big of a deal um i, I think you know you got bam you got Giannis. who else is there Embiid. as a big no oh, right um who else
1: i mean robert williams is no active <laughs>
0: I'm not worried. I wouldn't be worried about Robert Williams, but I mean, yeah. But I don't think he Robert Williams on offense is gonna like impact Vucevic's defense. You well, know what I mean? The
1: thing, that's the thing. though. Like with with Boston, Robert Williams does have a big impact.
0: No, he does. But I'm saying I don't think Robert Williams will hurt Vucevic more than Vucevic will be stopped by Robert Williams. That's what I mean. Maybe that's,
1: yeah, that's, I mean, obviously that's most likely fair, but again, my thing is I I just don't want, like, if, if let's say Brown and Tatum against DeRozan and Levine, if Mm -hmm. all four of those guys are having bad games, Mm -hmm. Robert, like Boston has an advantage at center because Robert Williams gives them like more significant production. Right, right. Yeah, you're right. And more and more often it's on both ends where I don't really see Vucevic doing anything defensively, and he's only scoring well when they're getting him the ball a lot.
0: No, you're right. That's a good point. And you know what else is kind of strange about Vucevic? He can have a huge rebounding game, and, like, the other center on the other team does too. Yeah. Like, that's always weird to me. Like, a lot of times Drummond will have 28 rebounds and the other – Like, elite center on the other team will have 11 or 10. But Vucevic will have 18. Capella had 16 in the game. I think it was last night they played. Like, Vucevic had 17. Capella had 16. And Capella's not, like, an elite rebounder. Not really. You know? Yeah. So, that's another another concern. And we we spoke about our concerns for them not having a power forward. Um, And maybe they make a move – before the deadline or make a um, make a free agent pickup or something like that to where they get another power forward who can rebound and defend. Uh, That would help, but
1: it's just like I would like if if the guy didn't get hurt to start the year, uh, Patrick Williams. Yeah, like you'd have more possibilities for like small ball lineups and yeah. I think their guard talent can make up for, like, the stuff that we talked about with Utah. I think the Bulls are better equipped to make up for, like, a defensive lapse. Oh, they are. They definitely are. Yeah. But now got... oh, I'm, just, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at the lineups now, and the small ball lineup is Derek Jones Jr. Yeah. He, I mean, forget Vucevic having little impact. Derek Jones Jr. <laughs> probably is up there in games with no impact. He is. For Absolutely a guy who's is. been in rotations, in lineups as often as he has. Yeah. I mean, how often does he have the Tony Snell games? A lot. All the time. <laughs> yeah. So that's, yeah. that's a good, big concern for me.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Um. I guess I don't have
1: anything else to say about them. But similar to to Utah, like when Mitchell's playing so great, they're unstoppable. When DeRozan is getting to like the most comfortable spots he has. Yeah. How are you going to stop them? When Levine is only taking great shots or comfortable shots, you're not stopping them.
0: And he's only taking comfortable shots. While DeRozan is getting to his spots, like that's the that's the most deadly part of it. You know, I I said earlier this this is like a dream of if. And whoever's listening to this, do not take this as me comparing these players at all. I'm just saying, having two players to the play style of having a Kobe and a Vince or a Kobe and a T Mac on the same team. I mean, it's just. You have someone who is an elite mid-range, you know, probably the best mid-range player in the league. He hits the fadeaways. He, his footwork is probably top five in the league. And he can score on everybody in the league. There's no, I don't think there's anyone that DeRozan can't give 20 just straight up ISOs in the league right now. Maybe
1: Kawhi or something like that, but okay. They maybe maybe Levine. uh Thibault, maybe Thibault.
0: Yeah, someone like that who really doesn't have to do anything on the other end, because that's the other hard part. If you have any energy left for offense, you can't do anything, because DeRozan will foul you out if he doesn't give you twenty, you know. And then yeah. you have Levine, who's just his fadeaway looks beautiful, his size is is hard to guard. He dunks on everybody.
1: He dribbles with efficiency now.
0: He's dunking more this year than he's dunked probably in any single year of his career to me. Like in traffic. He like I remember when he was on the Timberwolves like they would put every LeVine dunk on ESPN, but obviously cuz the Timberwolves games weren't on TV, but you would only he'd only catch like a breakaway like once every two or three months. Yeah. And now he's dunking every game.
1: I mean, seeing him cut, oh, it's just beautiful. It's beautiful, man.
0: And like I said, they I guess they're trying to assemble all the greatest verticals <laughs> in the entire NBA. They have Caruso, Derrick Jones, Levine, DeRozan, and Mack McClung. man.
1: All poster guys. <laughs>
0: yeah. It, I mean, and don't sleep on Javante Green.
1: He's been dunking on people all year. He's bouncer.
0: He is. I think, I mean, the Celtics kind of slip on him because he played good when they played him. And then they just stopped playing him. Anyway, Trey looked good coming back. Oh, I needed to say this because I watched this game yesterday, Atlanta and Chicago. Cam Reddish, man. Oh my god. He lit Chicago up for 30. I mean, it was 33, not like he had 50, but he had eight threes, and he looked he looked as as perfect as I think he could probably look. I, I think this was like the best game. Like uh, this was his potential game, like peak game.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, if you say, well, how good can Cam Reddish be? I would say you put on this game film probably
1: but the yeah, Hawks man. are coming up though. Like it's going to be time to start putting the potential together.
0: That's what I'm saying.
1: Window at windows. Championship windows. Don't last that long. You gotta capitalize.
0: <laughs> Their window might've just been last year. To be honest.
1: <laughs> you might be right. The way they're defending, you might be right.
0: I think that they have to, They're going to have to eventually, like, really go in all in on being young. Like, sometimes I watch this team and I don't see how Gallinari will fit in. But then I watch when Gallinari is playing, like, fantastic. And I think, like, the team doesn't deserve him at the same time.
1: Whole playoff run.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, I don't know how I feel about that moving forward into, you know, in the Hawks franchise. But um I'm still rooting for them, man. So I don't know. They're,
1: they're still a team that could easily turn it around. They're not like like their season isn't on the brink of no. disaster like the Lakers or, or somebody like that. But <laughs> but they are they are struggling. It, like they're they're not doing anything consistently. Right. Right. And that's it's
0: it's on the brink of a disaster, but in a different way, I feel like. Theirs isn't like a long-term franchise disaster like the Lakers is. They they're at risk yeah. of like, you know, having to make a drastic decision. The Hawks are just at risk of like one trade and everything could possibly be changed. So, all right, what else we got? We got anything else?
1: Uh, we could close out on this final note. Um, the Clippers are in trouble. <laughs> yeah. What is this PG for about a month.
0: Yeah, about a month. PG, man, with the arms. This is elbow surgery this time, right? Yeah. Last time it was both shoulders. I mean, I, I watched some of their clips the other day. They look really, really, really bad. I mean, clearly they look bad, but really, really, really bad. So, what do you think? What do you think they have to do at this point? Do you think that they just have to take these L's and just hope they can build it back
1: later? No, nah, they need to, similar to what Memphis did with uh, without Morant,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they need to They need to have, like, a really strong two-week stretch. Because mm-hmm. the, the team chemistry is still great. I still think yeah. this team shouldn't be, like, A joke. They're good enough to compete. They have enough talent to score. You know, they're capable of winning games. So they need to like, they need to find a groove for at least like a three to five game stretch. I agree. All right, I think they'll be fine, man. I because with PG back, assuming he's healthy, yeah, this should be a playoff team to me. It's hard for me to imagine them not winning enough games to make the at least the play in. Hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Only, only just, just off of their play style, not really the roster. No, I get that. Yeah, it's the play style that makes me trust the roster a lot more.
0: Yeah, it's just it's gonna be tough to see who steps up in this time. You know, I I like that they're playing Brandon Boston Jr. more because he's had some really good games for them. I think he's shown um, a lot of versatility for them. Played really well. I haven't seen. I mean, Bledsoe's taking some steps here and there to step up, but I don't know where they're going to get their scoring from. Now, yeah,
1: the, the no. scary thing for me, looked like thinking about their roster, mm-hmm. is you have a lot of guys who like who give you production. I just don't see them giving you more production. Mm-hmm. Like, I need a little bit more from Batum. I'm not getting that. No. I need a little bit more from, like, Reggie Jackson. What more could he give me?
0: He's he's given a lot already.
1: I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I like – maybe Kennard, I would like for him to be a little more consistent. Can't. But, like, this is a guy who can be the leading scorer one night and take no shots the next night.
0: Yeah. Is so. – Kennard, like, It did, his game is determined by, like, how the other team wants to – focus on him or not because if he has a big game the next game he doesn't have a big game because everybody saw the last game
1: <laughs> yeah teams are like not on me bro
0: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and then uh, it's vice versa they saw last game he only had two points so like all right we're not playing canard let's you know focus on marcus morris something like that
1: so. yeah i wonder if they'll pick somebody up
0: Terrence man they can't get consistency out of either. He can give him forty. No, but I'm I'm not, I'm not mad at get,
1: that. He can't get
0: fifteen a game any other time. Oh, he'd
1: give me another 40 if I put Rudy Gobert on him for another 35 minutes. <laughs> uh but You're right. I just like like Terrence Mann, again, I know what he gives me. I just don't trust him to give me more. Yeah. Like you said, with Bledsoe, none of these guys really I trust to give me more, Winslow. and that might be a problem for them.
0: Justice Winslow? Stop.
1: <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I'm, I mentioned Memphis. That's, that's exactly why they were successful.
0: They said Bain, we just need five more points, and he's
1: averaging like 15 more points. Oh, you talking about Desmond Bain? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's been kind of lights out. He's been eating. He's yeah, like the second best player. As, like Dylan Brooks was struggling. Morant yeah. got hurt. He started getting better and better and better. Yeah. Jackson started getting better and better. So I just guys have to step up in moments like this. Clippers yeah. are just not that dynamic. Right. Yeah, I agree. Are are you surprised we haven't
0: seen any trades so far this year?
1: No. No. I think I think the so many rosters are in shambles.
0: Oh, uh, because of COVID and stuff.
1: Yeah, I, I think so many teams are disappointed by where they're at, I think. Mm -hmm. Like, the Lakers are disappointed. I think the Clippers are disappointed. Uh, I think think Boston, Philly, I think Miami's a little disappointed that they're not, like, dominating the conference.
0: Yeah, they're really Uh, disappointed, I think. Because they really came in the year confident.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I think the Knicks, Atlanta's disappointed. Dallas is disappointed. Yeah. A lot of teams aren't where they want to be. Sacramento, obviously, always, always, yeah. Uh, but I think that's making them skeptical to like to try something different or something drastic. Hmm.
2: Okay,
1: because to I'm, me, a lot of these teams point. I mentioned, a lot of yeah. these teams are could you could make a case they're on the brink of disaster. Yeah, like Boston, Dallas. Mm-hmm. Atlanta's not on the brink, but they're inching to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Philly's a team that I think, no matter how good they get, they're they are always on the brink with Embiid's health. Yeah, I mean the, the Nuggets are a team that's in shambles right now.
0: Shambles. Yeah,
1: a lot. A lot of teams are struggling, man.
0: I think I'm looking at the standings. I think these are probably some of the worst records I've ever seen in the league.
1: Let me see here. Like, obviously,
0: Golden State, Phoenix, Utah, and Brooklyn are only teams with single-digit losses, and almost everyone else is near 500.
1: I mean, only four teams in the West are above 500. Yeah. Four. That is – I don't know if I've ever seen that through, what, 35 games? 30-something games? Yeah. That's that's bizarre.
2: Yeah.
0: and That's what I mean. That's what's kind of crazy. I mean – in the East, the, the drop-off after the, you know, Wizards and Charlotte are right at 500, basically. Um, Philly's right at, you know, they're both, at, all three of them are at 51%. But then after that, it's just, you know, it's bad. So. Yeah, man. You're right. It is, it is a lot. I, I guess, but I guess you can look at that both ways because you would think that, like, a team like Portland that came out the gates really no roster changes they come out the gates and they're trash you would think that they would act fast right
1: portland is different <laughs> every every other team i mentioned is on the brink of disaster portland oh, I... portland is in disaster mode
0: gotcha gotcha
1: i guess so I was they're different about the teams, to
0: me. teams that were coming in hoping to have a good year and that are not
1: Like, they're the only team that definitively, to me, I don't give a shit how messed up the league is. Like, we suck. Let's make a move. Right. Like, Boston can make a case. If Boston goes on, what, five-game win streak? Yeah. Fifth seed, fourth seed. Yeah. So, a lot of these teams, a lot of the – even the, like, the fringe playoff teams, Mm -hmm. they're they're a, a small win streak away from being in a much better place. But Portland could <laughs> give me 15 wins, and I they still wouldn't <laughs> be a threat.
0: But the thing is, it's not about them getting to the playoffs because I think some of those teams, like you said, Boston, uh, Minnesota, San Antonio, it don't matter if they get into the playoffs or get getting bounced first round no matter what. Dallas. <laughs> like, so, hey,
1: those – those teams are stuck. That's their peak. Right?
0: <laughs> I think Charlotte may be able to take somebody. I mean, last year they proved me wrong, but, you know, like Toronto, five, you know, they get into the playoffs, they're getting out of there.
1: Well, I don't easy. know, man. I don't know. With with COVID being as dangerous as it is now, like, I'm not going to say the the league is up for grabs. It's obviously not, but. The, the like as a player, I would be a little more confident in our team's chances if we're like a Memphis or a Boston. You, yeah. So, so I don't know anything man, can I, happen, I have, you're saying basically, yeah, man. And I think this year, like a little bit more so than normal, that that's the case, yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't get too discouraged uh, unless I'm Portland.
0: I got you. Um, shout out to JV Bickerstaff. Got the extension right. that he deserves. He's coaching amazingly. Um, his team's had all kinds of issues, all kinds of uh, social issues, chemistry issues. Um, and he's, he's got him playing, man. He got tackle fall looking great out there. Um, he got all these guys at different positions. um
1: Kevin Love finally looks like he wants to be out there.
0: Kevin Love looks like he's having a blast. 13 years in the league looks like he's having a great time. Evan Mobley looks amazing. I mean, he's done great, man. Really, 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 really good. He got guys like Dylan Windler and Dean Wade look like they belong in the NBA. I mean, so he's doing really, really good. He's working miracles up there. They signed Ed Davis, Justin Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Colin Sexton went down. He's had them staying afloat. Guys have stepped up that needed to step up.
1: Yeah, Garland's so. playing much better.
2: Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. He got R- Ricky Rubio embracing his role. Ricky Rubio is a, a young, you know, like move to the bench guy. And I, I'm not saying that. I mean, Ricky Rubio should not be starting in the league, to me, based off how athletic guys are now. But at 31, you know, as a player, you probably think, man, I'm moving to the bench already. I'm only 31, you know?
1: so You know, it's funny. Rubio's in, like, a bad middle ground for guards to where I would pick Rubio, like, in a playoff series almost over almost any average guard. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd take him over Spencer Dinwiddie. I'd yeah. take him over Van, even Van Fleet.
2: Yeah.
1: Like, a, a lot of guys over Schroeder easily, Westbrook. I'd take him over Mike Conley. Mm-hmm. Problem is, I wouldn't take him over any of the elite guards. <laughs> <laughs> any other like, starting like, guards. And, and I don't even want him matching up with the elite guards for a long time.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it's like It's like there's a list. And yeah. him and Conley are probably like, you know, if there's a top 10 list, there's five and six or six and seven. And then it just flips at that point where it's like going up any further is yeah. I never want to see them in the game in the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. That's all I got, man. Um, You got any other any other things to say?
1: No man, we'll uh, we'll see how the league moves forward. I mean, like we yeah. said, it's it's struggling right now, but they've committed to keep going. I wonder. Hopefully, things can't get worse. That's that's all I'm hoping for right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. They um, the new year is coming. Teams are gonna have to really face their flaws. Um, I I do think this COVID thing is gonna get under control in the league. Um uh, I think this is just like a probably a two month stretch that is going to be bad. I think by All-Star break they'll probably have something like, you know, really be under control.
1: Yeah, but I, like January to me is the deciding month for the the like the borderline playoff teams.
0: Oh yeah, it is because to, then the to, trade deadline comes too.
1: Right, but by the end of that by by the trade deadline like we'll really know if these teams are really battling for a playoff spot or if they're just Like, not quite Detroit-level trash or New Orleans-level trash.
0: Uh, Well, okay. Who makes the first move of the new
2: year? Trade. Don't say the Blazers, (laughs) other than the Blazers.
1: I'm going to say Indiana. Mm, Okay. I think Indiana is one of those teams that's also, like, a good month and they're right back in the playoffs in the, like a playoff spot.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and they, they have similar to like Sacramento. They have good movable pieces, yeah. but their, their play style and culture isn't in shambles like right. Sacramento is. Right.
0: All right. That's a good pick. I don't think I have one, but
1: Uh, Bigger conference What what conference would would be the most active
0: Oh the West The West gotta be active I think uh, uh, Like I know Denver is mostly just a um, You know health Thing but I'm thinking You know I think teams like that uh, who, Who did we talk about a little while ago Oh, Sacramento, Portland. I think New Orleans may make a move. Um, I think those teams, yeah. You know, I think Memphis is happy with their team, but I wouldn't be surprised if they made a move to just get a little bit over the hump. I think some of the guys that were playing well are just not necessary anymore, to be honest. Like Kyle Anderson was playing good. They don't need Kyle Anderson anymore. Like, yeah, if it, they traded him, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, they traded Tyus Jones. I wouldn't the, be surprised.
1: They're team, a team that's like, I don't, I can't really picture how exactly they would upgrade, mm-hmm. but I would love to see them try, even if yeah. it's like, even if it's a little bit on the riskier side.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if Brooks got traded, Brandon Clark or. Anthony melton those guys who have played well for them but they're not championship you know extended minute players i mean brooks maybe but the other guys they're not championship extended minute players and then when you look at your team we're fourth in the west i mean and missed 10 games or whatever so like i'm thinking look man we if we think we can win this championship if we think we can make it to the finals western conference finals Let's see what's available. You know, for sure. Yeah, I th- I wouldn't be surprised if Phoenix did that too. To be honest, I don't think Phoenix is is a hundred percent like content with this roster. I think you know, I think they could do something weird and and make a really um, surprising trade for somebody. But I don't think they would ever change their starters. I could see Crowder getting moved. I could see, um, you know, obviously Shamit, Saric, maybe even Cam Johnson, maybe, maybe campaigns. I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised. If they that would that
1: would surprise me. I
0: I wouldn't be too surprised. I I think they would do it. You know, they wouldn't do anything like overly overly crazy. Like, let's say they traded campaign and Jay Crowder for Miles Bridges. Like, something like that wouldn't shock me, wouldn't blow my mind. But it would be someone like, oh, let's get a little bit younger because I'm looking at their roster, man 33, 27, 36, 28, 28, 27, 27, 27, 27 31. You know. They may say, uh, let's get some of these old guys out of here and get, you know, see see what to do. Possibly. Possibly. Because there seems like, you know, Charlotte, Orlando, Sacramento, it just has all this talent. Young talent. Indiana. Indiana. All this young talent just, you know. That's another one. Would you trade Cam Johnson and Crowder for – Well, no, I take it back. Not Crowder, Cam Johnson, and campaign for Levert, something like that. You know,
1: I would not. But I'm saying, probably not. Yeah,
0: a team could do that. I wouldn't be shocked.
1: Though, I think about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and they say, well, man, if he gives us just 15 more points a game,
1: you know, where are maybe if they throw in maybe if they throw in somebody with Levert, even Mm -hmm. if it's like you know like t.j mcconnell or somebody i'll mm-hmm. take that
0: or t.j warren for those guys instead of Levert. you know bring t.j warren back to phoenix
1: yeah but we haven't seen t.j warren play basketball in like years
0: <laughs> i know yeah i know i'm just saying in theory is someone like that that yeah you know different position guy so all right we'll be back soon um Thanks for listening, as always. Uh, Subscribe. um, Follow. All that good stuff. And uh, we'll see everyone next time.